0: Bit so
1: chapter number two. We want to keep uh, thinking about some of the prophecies that we see in the book of Matthew. And uh, tonight I want us to look at this one. And we've already read uh, this account uh, here in Matthew chapter number two, but we're going to read it again. And uh, just so that we'll have a little bit of the context of what we're reading. Uh, but let's uh, go to Matthew chapter number two, uh, verse number 13. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 13. Two verse number 13. And the Bible says, "And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto Joseph in a dream, saying, "Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt, and be thou there until I bring thee word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him." And when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt. And was there until the death of Herod that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and in all the coasts thereof from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of of the wise men. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy the prophet, saying, In Ramah was there a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and would not be comforted because they are not. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity again to uh, come into your house this evening and take some time to focus on parts of the Christmas story and parts of the Christmas story that bring us uh, prophetic meaning and help us to understand what you are doing and how you are doing it. So tonight, dear God, I pray that you would just use your word. Dear Lord, you know what's on my heart, dear God. It is not necessarily uh, the same as uh, other messages, but you know what's on my heart, and I pray that you'd help us to be able to deliver it in a way that would help us tonight. Uh, We know we come in and In need of things and uh, we just we need to be uplifted as Adam already prayed we need to be encouraged uh, in the Lord so help us tonight to be encouraged and help us to uh, take the word of God and and bring it into our hearts and into our lives we know we need to apply it
0: but it also
1: dear God has an edifying and a soothingness to it your word dear God is is helpful dear God help us to use it to uh to just be the the medicine that we need often. In Christ's name that we pray, amen, amen. Well, it is good to see everybody. You ever just had, you know, one of them days, you know what I mean, where I kind of am amazed that I'm even like standing up here in front of y'all tonight, you know what I mean? I'm gonna tell you, when I sat down, I, I got home, I had just enough time to eat a big bowl of chili, which was a bad idea, right? But hey, it's chili, it's in the crock pot, you're gonna eat it. And then I sat down in that chair, took a quick shower, tying my shoes, I thought, I'd rather just sit in this chair right now. You know, you ever been there? Don't be so spiritual on me, okay? All of y'all are out there being like, no, you've been there too. But what do we do? We tied our shoes and we got up and we came anyway. Because we, you know, we're gonna grind it out, right? We're gonna make sure it gets done. And I was sitting there thinking about that, and I thought, Lord, Give me something to say to these people tonight. Because, I mean, these are the folks that they're putting in the hard work. And they're showing up when nobody else is showing up. And, Lord, use your word tonight because we need it when we come in. And I'm thankful that you come in. I'm thankful that you work hard. And uh, I know how you feel tonight. Let me just put it that way uh, because I'm right there with you. But let's just take a moment, right, and let's look in the word of God And see if he can if it can help us I believe that it can so here we come to this passage of Scripture and we get a little bit of a different uh, understand understanding but a different prophecy and I'll explain what I mean in just a moment but here we're familiar with the story as it plays out we have the wise men that go to Herod they ask Herod if there is anyone in his council that can give them information about where Jesus Christ will be born they've seen his star they know he is going to be born and now they want location and the scribes and those that are there the priests search the texts. we talked about that already and they delivered to them that in bethlehem he is going to be born and so the wise men travel to bethlehem and we see that right there and uh or excuse me the uh The wise men, yeah, they travel and they go and they see uh, the baby. And then we see that Joseph is warned in a dream. And Joseph is told, look, you need to get out uh, of town. You need to leave because Herod is searching for the child to kill it. And so he does that and he goes down. And then we get what we read there in verse number 14. And when he arose and took the young mother and his child and they departed into Egypt, and there, and he was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the prophet of the Lord, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. And so that's the prophecy that we're going to focus on tonight. That prophecy is found over in Hosea chapter 11 and verse number 1. That's where it's found, and we are going to go over there in just a moment, but I want you to remember that, and I want you to see that. now. I also want you to remember the rest of that story a little bit. Not only do they flee, but God also warns the wise men not to go back to Herod. And so they don't. They go back home another way. Herod realizes that he has has been fooled and that they're not going to come back and give him the information that he desires. And so because what he has to go off of of his scribes and Pharisees is that it's going to be in Bethlehem. He then sets up to where they are killing all of these children under a certain age in that region. And it's, it's horrific, and that's what he goes to. Now, you could do lots of studies on Herod. Herod was a horrific man. Herod killed some of his own brothers to save himself and to save his crown. Herod was a terrible man. But then we get another prophecy in verse number 18. In Ramah was there a voice heard. Lamentation and weeping and great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children and would not be comforted because they are not. And that's found in the book of Jeremiah. And we're going to look at those just a little bit tonight. I want us to think about the one over in Hosea chapter number 11. If you would turn with me uh, to the book of Hosea chapter number 11. I did not mark these, so I'm looking for it, too. Doing my best. So uh, if you beat me there, well done. Okay? You get a prize. I don't know what the prize is, but we'll tell you later. Isaiah chapter number 11, verse number. Let's take a look there. Hosea chapter 11, verse number 1. When Israel was a child, then I loved him. And called my son out of Egypt. And they called them, so they went from them. They sacrificed unto Balaam and burned incense to graven images. Now, this is the prophecy that we are looking at over in Matthew chapter number two. I'm just going to be real honest with you as I'm sharing this with you tonight. I already told you it's a little bit of a different message doesn't have my normal points it doesn't have all of those things I just got a couple of thoughts that I want to share with you and things that I want to bring to you the first one that I said that I when I looked at this our other prophecies were so easy weren't they we went back and we saw behold a virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son Thou shalt call his name Emmanuel or God is with it It that's easy we get that Mary gives it this one we come back and even though the the words are similar I'm still struggling, though, to find the context because you and I both know that if there's anything that's important to me, it's the context. Is what in the world, because this is not about the Messiah, it's not. Some of you are looking at me funny, aren't you? And I did my homework. This is where he's reading from because we got a little bit of a problem. We got a little bit of the problem of the fact that he's talking about it. Matthew is definitely quoting Hosea. He is. That's where he's looking at. Everybody that I checked with, that's where he's going. But this is not talking about Jesus. This is talking about Israel. This is a poem, actually. If you read the book of Hosea and you find out what's going on, Hosea is basically a collection of poems that Hosea himself wrote that were prophetic in nature, that were speaking about the destruction of Israel, that were preaching about the fact of the great idolatry of Israel. That was talking about the unfaithfulness, even in some of the things that Hosea went through in his own life that was being depicted. And when we come to chapter number 11, we see a very new uh, poem that he sets forth in that we see the conflicted heart of God because his son, his son Israel, who is literally, it's got two meanings there, uh, that he's talking about Israel as a nation, the son that he's birthed, and all of this that he's conflicted because his son, much like the prodigal son, is going out and wasting his substance. And he thinks, what should I do? Should I do away with him? Or should I look to restore him? Should I look to restore him? That's what he's talking about. So when I come to this passage of scripture and I'm reading it and I'm interpreting it for myself, But then I have the fact that Matthew is quoting it. I have to come to the place where I got a little bit of a problem with these two passages of Scripture. Is it a prophecy concerning him and what is going on? Now, some of you are already looking at me like, some of you are engaged tonight. That's pretty good. Some of you are in la-la land, I can tell. It's good. It's okay. You're, You're at home. You're in your recliner, and that's all good. But we'll, we'll preach to the ones who are here, and that's, that's awesome as well. So what then are we going to do with this passage of Scripture? How are we going to understand this? Because we have a precedent here. It's not just that somebody says, hey, over here this kind of sounds the same as Hosea. No, Matthew, under the inspiration of the Word of God, said, this is what the prophet is talking about. Now, so what is he talking about? This is where we come to the prophecy is a little bit different. And we see things that are important, again, in the Jewish culture and to the Jewish people, that their understanding of how these things would take place. And also, and the second part is the reason I read that as well. We're going to look at it as well. But it has more to do with the pattern of what is going on than anything. We see through these couple passages of Scripture that we are not... And this is important to me, and I want us to put this out there as we get it. I really wanna make sure that anything that we are preaching, that we are bringing to our congregation, that we are not making, uh, that we're not, we're not making a leap with it. Do you, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Have you ever heard a message where you're like, I'm not sure where they're getting that, right? You know, as a matter of fact, I remember many, many years ago, sitting in a, in a Sunday school class, Uh, not here not here just so that you know and I remember Andrea was with me and we're listening to this Sunday School guy and I mean all of a sudden one moment he's talking about Nimrod in the Old Testament and then boom the next thing you know the Pope's up there on his uh, big screen and he went straight from Nimrod to the Pope just like that and I'm like how did we get there how did that happen you know because he's just taking a leap he's taking a jump And I don't want to do that with the scriptures I also want to be careful uh, not to when I was preparing the sermon and maybe I'm getting off track, but I think it'll help you a little bit. I was preparing the sermon for Sunday and I was studying about Bethlehem and the shepherds. There was so much that was written about those shepherds. But when I started to really research of it, there was a lot of it you couldn't really substantiate. And so do you really want to bring that to your people? There's some amazing stuff that people have talked about how they were the temple shepherds that were out there. And those were the sheep that were to be only raised for the temple and for sacrifice. But it's not Bible that teaches us that. Did you know that? It's not in the Bible. It's other other things that allude to it and make mention that possibly it could be and people just run with it. Because it sounds good, doesn't it? It sounds really good. Like you could really preach the daylights out of that, couldn't you? You really could. Wouldn't that be amazing? You'd probably be shouting and swinging off stuff. Oh, he was the lamb that was slain, and those little baby lambs were destined for it, and they knew right, and they they even talk about it. Those shepherds would have known right where Jesus was because that was a birthing cave, and I don't know if you've heard about all of that. That was a birthing cave for little lambs that were sacrificial lambs, and they would have known right where. We don't get that from the scriptures, do we? What do we want to preach? Bible, right? Man. So we're careful with what we bring. And so when I look at a passage like this, I want to be careful. I don't want to make any leaps, but I also want to know what is the Bible teaching me? Because Matthew said, I want to draw your attention to Hosea for a moment. I want you to see what's going on in Hosea. I want you to see that, but more important, what I want you to see This is important, especially to the Jewish reader. I want you to see that there is a pattern. There is a pattern. That God, when making a covenant with his people, he brings his people out of Egypt. That's straight from the Old Testament, isn't it? So we see that when he brought his people out of Egypt, then he made a covenant with them on Mount Sinai, the Ten Commandments. He covenanted to be their God. He covenanted with them that this is how they would worship him. And inside of that covenant, we had a way for them to approach God. But now, in the New Testament, there is a new covenant that's going to be born. And guess what? For the Jewish reader, when they see that and go, you're saying that there's going to be a new covenant, but then Matthew says, remember, the book of Matthew, it's not strictly for, but it is directed at the Jewish people. It is their gospel to help them with that. That's why it starts with a lineage. Amen? Amen. Okay, I don't want to get into all of that, but he says, listen, Jewish people, you need to understand this is the Messiah and a new covenant is being brought to you. And if I started the other covenant by bringing the people out of Egypt, then I will start this covenant by bringing this one out of Egypt as well. And it will be a new covenant and the pattern to them would go, that's not a coincidence. That's not a coincidence. God is doing something. God has a beautiful and unique pattern. Not only that as well, it would have really struck them. And that's, this is why we need to understand the difference between when we see typology of, a, of, a, of a prophecy and prophecy that's specific concerning the people. Those things are really important for us to know and we see the same thing this typology that would have been brought to them concerning that that uh the the crying in rama the crying that was going out for rachel rachel was crying for her sons that were that were lost and she could not be consoled they would have said there was crying in the day when they went down to egypt and there was crying in the day when jesus christ went down to egypt as well so this would be consistent for them that they would see that so the pattern is what they see And they would not be able to dismiss it. It would speak to them. So Isaiah speaks very specifically, but these speak more of the pattern. Now, I want to just, again, I told you I don't really have an outline, but I have three observations real quick that I want to give you, and I I really do mean quick, uh, that help us with the patterns, and I believe help us with it. Number one is that when we recognize God's patterns, that that helps us. It just It does. It assures us that God is working and that God is moving. And God wants us to see that his patterns are real. God God is a God of patterns because the sun comes up every day and the sun goes down every day. And you know what? That's good for us because we rest assured that the sun's going to come up again tomorrow, don't we? Because God is going to do it. It is God that performs it, it, that God that makes it. And those patterns for us are very soothing and are important to us. One of the things that I learned, uh, out of the many things that I've learned from teaching all the dad classes, is that for kids, routine is important. Did you know that? For kids, routine is important. It makes them feel comfortable. It makes them feel safe and secure. And it gives them all of those things, and we see that with God. So the the one thing that it brills is it does bring a comfort to us. When we see that God is working, we can take comfort and this is God's work and this is what he is doing. And it's amazing when we see that. It's amazing when we see the patterns of the way that God has maybe worked in our life and then we see him work in the lives of our children. And we are comforted by that, that the same God that's been faithful to work in our life is gonna work in our children's lives as well. That's a comforting thing. And those patterns fall all throughout our life and find their comfort in so many things. The other thing that it does is those patterns build faith. They build faith that guess what God is going to do? What God said he was going to do. He's going to fulfill it. And we hear it all the time and we talk about it. We know it. We have all that. But when we see his patterns working themselves through, it builds that faith in our life that God is going to do that. Then the last one, and I'm going to be done with this one. Even though we see the patterns, somehow, they're still always surprising. Who would have thought that a babe in Bethlehem would save the world? Even though, right? Even though he fulfilled all the prophecy, amen, right? He did, every one of them. We've talked about them, and we could keep looking and go through every one of them, but we're just picking out some specifically. Even though for the Jewish reader, they would say, look at all of the things that God did back then and that he did with Jesus Christ as well. And we see all of the patterns repeating themselves, but yet we would have never guessed it would have been like this. Isn't that amazing how God can do that? And isn't it amazing that even in our life, as simple and as, and maybe however you want to put it, as small maybe as it might be, that our, the patterns of our life are always the same, yet always surprisingly different, aren't they? I know that when I look at my days, it seems like no two, are, even though they might be similar, they're never really the same. But they're days, right? They're what God has patterned and put out there and and placed in front of us. And so we have it every single day. Get up in the morning and we go out and set out to do the things that we do. It's consistent and the pattern is there and it happens, but yet somehow it still always surprises us. Year after year, the world keeps spinning and lives keep going on and on. Your life moves and my life moves. And even even though if you were to think about it too long, And we know that that's happened, and we see it throughout the scriptures, that you get lost and you go, oh, it's just so mundane. But yet, even though it's somewhat mundane, it is still amazing how surprising and how unique each life is that we look at. God is an amazing God, is he not? That even though the patterns are there and they're similar, they're surprisingly different. Surprisingly different. What a good God that we have to do things in such a union. He's looking for those, and again, I don't know why, but I keep coming back to this. He is looking for those that will be faithful every single day in, day out. Hmm. Whether we feel like it or we don't. That we get up, that we walk on for Christ, that we're faithful to him and his cause. Whether we've been mistreated or whether we've been treated well, it's going to be surprising. Guess what? You try to serve the Lord, somebody's going to mistreat you, right? You try to do things for God, somebody's going to abuse it, somebody's going to use you, but will you keep going on and on? It's going to be surprising. Every time how God's going to work, it's going to be surprising. He's going to work through the highs, and oh, is he going to work through the lows. You won't even have a clue how he's going to do that. As a matter of fact, all you'll be thinking of is, how can I ever get out of this situation? But God's probably doing his biggest work through that. And he's looking to shock you and surprise you in every bit of it. All happening under the same pattern that God moves, still brings comfort to us. I remember when we were in Honduras, we would say this all the time, tomorrow's a new day. Because every once in a while, we would get a little bummed. We would say stuff like, all I wanna do, go home. I just wanna experience hot water. Lord, please let that. We just wanted to go home. When it would get rough, and I remember one very specific night, we just said, let's just close our eyes, go to sleep. Tomorrow's a new day. And the goodness of God is that he is new every morning, isn't he? And his patterns, just so good. same God that makes the sun set, makes the sunrise, right there with you, then he'll surprise you every single day, won't he? What an amazing God that the Jewish people said, these patterns are no coincidence. But yet he surprised them, didn't he? Oh yes, Jesus surprised them all. Every head bowed, every eye closed, Derek, we don't need to do anything, I'm just going to take a moment, we're going to let the word of God sink into our heart. I feel like through these last, through these sermons that we've been preaching is the faithfulness of God's people and just the, the faithfulness of God to us looking for faithfulness turned to him. Let's be faithful.
0: How deep the Father's love for us! How vast beyond all measure! That He would give His only Son to make a wretched stranger. How searing walls. the father turns his face away as wounds which mar the children let go!